0: Welcome to a Royal Review. My name is Shelby. I have been a Royal Watcher for 12 years. I am currently living abroad in Spain uh, and following the events of the seven European kingdoms from Europe now. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking about the events from January 2nd till today, which is January 8th, and then I will be posting the episode on Monday. This week was kind of quiet, um, as expected just because of holidays and things like that. However, there were some events from a few royal families. Um, some royal families have a really intense start and then kind of stop again for a little while. Uh, some royal families start and then they just go, 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 go. Um, and other royal families like haven't come back to work at all yet and that's okay. Um, you know, probably this week, a lot of things will resume. Um, and so it was a rather chill week, um, but that gives us a little bit of time to kind of delve into the structure of the episode and what all of the components are going to be and things like that. So last week was of course an introduction. It was a little bit longer than a normal episode is going to be. The goal is to never exceed 45 minutes. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, if there's a busy week or a lot to talk about, then we will. Um, but the, the goal is to never exceed 45 minutes. I think that's long enough. So I can almost guarantee that today's episode is going to be shorter than that. But we'll see. We're only, um, you know, about a minute and a half in. But I wanted to briefly talk about kind of the structure. So like I mentioned... So we're always going to do an introduction, which we just did. And then our next segment is going to be a, um, a, like history. So anything that kind of happened in the week in history. Um, so sometimes there's annual events, which is going to be our topic for today that has a lot of history behind it. So we're going to talk about that. Um, other times it'll just be like a royal wedding or something. Um, so we're going to follow through on talking about some of that stuff. Um, this week we are going to be talking about the history of, um, Pasqua Militar, which is, um, an event the Spanish Royal Family takes part in every January 6th, um, and kind of talk about the history of how it started, when it started, um, why it is always the day it's on, um, and some other things like that. Um, I know I'm starting out with the Spanish royal family thing. Uh, They were also the one that had a, you know, an easy-ish history of, history moment of the week. So, um, Pasqua Militar is an event that is held every year on January 6th by the King of Spain. This has been an ongoing tradition since 1782, so... I think when I talked about it last week, I had said that it had existed for, like, since the 1600s. I was 100 years off, Um, but that's okay. It's still a very old tradition. It is over... It is almost 300 years old. Okay. This event started in 1782 when Spain... Was trying to take back the island of Menorca. So these are in the Balearic Islands of Spain, which is in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, very popular tourist destination. Um, very much so. Can't wait to go. Um, it was occupied. So Menorca, this the capital of Majorca, Mahon. Was occupied by the British military by the British government at the time um, and so it was reconquered by the Spaniards and apparently the French which kind of makes sense in context um, and there was a celebration so for Charles the he decided to celebrate the Spanish military um, for this achievement so, thus began Pascua Militar, held every year on January 6th. Um, it is held on this day. So, January 6th is um, Epiphany. It's also a holiday here in Spain. Um, it, it, and a lot of Latin American countries, it's called Dia de los Reyes, um, or Day of the Kings. And it is the, the celebration of Epiphany, or when the three wise men... Um, Came and recognized the birth of Christ as the Messiah. This is considered kind of an Easter, even though it's it's not like the Easter that we traditionally think of. So Pasqua literally translates to translates to Easter. So the event in English is called Military Easter, um, but it is a a miracle day, and so to hold it on this day kind of correlates with the the value of. A a celebration of the Messiah. Um, it's all kind of twisted and put together. And, you know, it's it's weird because th- this is also... January 6th is also the day, like, Spanish children receive their gifts. Um, the three kings bring gifts at night um, for the children. So the 6th is a, a full holiday here. Nothing is open. Um... Everybody is with their families, everybody's playing with their toys, things like that, but this event still happens. Um, and so from 1680 or from 1782 until now, this happens. It is marked by the king. Um, I guess I don't entirely know what happened during the Franco era. I would assume kind of the same thing just instead of a king, it was Franco. And so it's a rich in history thing. It has a really interesting dress code. Um, we, because it's cold out, the the women are in long dresses, but the men who are not in military uniform are in mourning coats. Um, and so it's a very, just it's a very interesting event. Um, it always contains a moment where the head of state. So in this case now, King Felipe is giving out. Um, New orders for service members. Um, there is a speech from the Minister of Defense and then a speech from the King. It's also just typically the first event on the Spanish royal family's calendar every single year. Um, not always, but most of the time. Uh, this year was a weird case where it was not, but it is the first time that King Felipe is kind of addressing everyone for the, the new year. So that is a brief history of Pasqua Militar. Um, it is a very cool event. It has a lot of deep and in intense history, which I think is very cool. Um, and so with that, we are going to move now to our recap portion of the podcast. In the recap portion, we are going to talk about all seven of the royal families, as long as they had an event that I have deemed worthy of talking about. I am the one who chooses, so if I decide that we're not talking about them, we're not talking about them. Uh, perk of the hosting. No, it really, if there's an event, at least one, I'll talk about it, as long as it's not like a meeting that has no other details. Um, so we are going to start this week. This week, like I mentioned at the beginning, was relatively slow. However, it also wasn't that slow. There was a lot more going on than I expected um, there to be, given that it was the first week, full week of a new year. We'll start with the Belgian royal family. In the Belgian royal family, there were not a lot of events, but there was one, even though the Belgians typically do not return to work until at least the second full week of the new year, so after um, January 6th um after epiphany because Belgium also celebrates epiphany in a different way but celebrates epiphany as well. Um I want to talk a little bit before I um jump into their events and kind of all of the events that we are going to talk about for every royal family that I'm talking about today um and talk about who I will always be talking about of the Belgian royal family. So, I am always going to be talking about King Philippe, Queen Mathilde, and Princess Elizabeth, Duchess of Brabant. I will occasionally mention other members of the royal family, but not very often. Um, this is more so going to be in situations where they are all at an event. Um, I also don't talk about former monarchs unless, again, they're at a large family event that King Philippe and Queen Matilde or Princess Elizabeth have also attended. So... Again, in Belgium, we're going to be talking about King Philippe, Queen Mathilde, and the Duchess of Brabant. Um, So now, jumping into their events. um, On January 5th, King Philippe and Queen Mathilde attended the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Um, He passed away on December 31st of 2022 um, out of old age and so he was his his funeral um and lying in state were on january uh lying in state on january 3rd to january 4th and then on january 5th he had his funeral uh they the vatican had his funeral and then um he was interred at the something of the popes i don't remember what it's called but the the grave with all the popes. Um, And so while the funeral was not a state funeral because he was not a sitting pope, um, it was a funeral where some dignitaries attended. So King Philippe and Queen Mathilde attended. They were the only monarchs, reigning monarchs to attend the funeral. To my knowledge, at least of the ones we talk about, definitely the only ones. Um, They are Catholic. So I'm not sure if Belgium itself is Catholic, but the Belgian royal family is Catholic. And a lot of Belgians are going to be Catholic. Similar to Spain, Spain is no longer a Catholic country, but a lot of people are Catholic. And the royal family is Catholic. They attended the Pope Emeritus funeral. And uh, I don't believe they were part of the lying in state. And I'm not sure I saw that they had a meeting with uh, the the current Pope, Pope Francis, but maybe they did. So that was the one event that they had over the week. Um, I would expect to see some more events, you know, as the month goes on. Um, But January, the first week is always pretty slow for them. Um, This week was an exception. So... That is the event that they they had going on, and now we are going to move on to Denmark. Like I mentioned, there's not anything currently going on in the British royal family. We will see um, when King Charles and Queen Camilla come back to work. It is expected that the Prince and Princess of Wales resume official engagements on um, this coming week. But they had no events over the past week. So we are going to talk now about the Danish royal family, who always start the year off pretty strong. Um, because, well, I've actually never talked about these things. Um, but they, they always have um, an, a New Year reception. So one on New Year's Day and then a few more in the first couple of days of January. January to mark a new year for a lot of, um, representatives on January 1st is their, um, no, wait, stop rewind going back in Denmark. I mentioned this in the introduction episode, but just to reiterate in Denmark, we are going to be talking about Queen Margrethe, Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Princess Mary. Occasionally we will talk about Frederick and Mary's four children, Um, but not very often, um, because Christian, who is the second in line to the throne, um, is going to be 18 this year, but has not really done a lot of official events. I don't consider him a, like, working member of the royal family. Um, he's a kid living his life doing what he does, um, So, when they have events, we'll talk about them. But for the most part, it's only going to be Queen Margrethe, Crown Prince Frederick, and Crown Princess Mary. So, on January 1st, they held the biggest of the New Year's receptions. Um, This is the one held for the Danish government. Uh, It is a full gala event, um, which means tiaras, orders all the works. I mean, it's the big one. Um, also like what a way to celebrate the new year. So Queen Margarita always does a speech on new year's Eve. And then the next day hosts this massive event that is just incredible. Um, this is the first time since 2020 that this event has been held. Um, if we can all look back to 2020, January and February were pretty normal. COVID existed, but it hadn't really reached the Western world yet. It hadn't come to Europe in a way that was um, pandemic related like it does now uh, or like it did in March. And so in 2020, this event did happen. Um, I started the Daily Royal the podcast that preceded this in 2020, but I did not start until January like 8th or 9th. So I actually think today is the three-year anniversary of recording. So this is the first time that this event has been held in three years. So it was very cool to see a return to normal there um, after, you know, the pandemic of everything at this first event, uh, Queen Margrethe, Crown Prince Frederick, Crown Princess Mary were all in attendance, plus some other members of the Danish royal family. Um, Prince Joachim, who is Queen Margrethe's second son, um, was in attendance as well as Queen Margrethe's sister, who is a member of the Danish royal family as well um, and does continue to do work on their behalf. So that was the first of a few New Year's receptions. The second was held on January 3rd. Actually, the second and third were held on January 3rd. Um, These were the first one on January 3rd was for the Supreme Court, the Royal Guard, the Horse Guard. The other reception on January 3rd was for the Diplomatic Corps. So these are ambassadors um, that are posted to Denmark. Um, these were attended by Queen Margaretha, Crown Prince Frederick, and Crown Princess Mary. And then the next day, so January fourth was for national like organizations um, that, like the Red Cross and things like that, other different charitable organizations, as well as different patronages that members of the royal family have. So anything that they are um, the patron for, uh, they were invited. And that was also attended by Queen Margrethe, Crown Prince Frederick, and Crown Princess Mary. So these events, um, these New Year's receptions, are something that I have been waiting for and waiting for for, for many years um, because they're just cool. It was very cool to see them in, in this context now with looking back at everything. I never knew what all... I knew one was... F- like, I knew what they were for, kind of, but I never knew that like their diplomatic reception was in this and things like that. Um, so that was really cool to learn over the course of watching these. Um, there have been some other events in the Danish royal family. Um, so last night, of course, after I had already kind of outlined this episode, Crown Prince Frederick attended the annual like sports event of the year. So it's like a celebration of sport in Denmark from 2022. Um, so that was last night that he attended. Um, today, he Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Princess Mary have twins. Um, so they have four children in total. Prince Christian, Princess Isabella, Prince Vincent, and Princess Josephine. Um, so Vincent and Josephine are twins. And today they turned, on January 8th, they turned 12. Um, so they had some new photos released. That was very cool. I cannot believe they're 12. It's always really cool to see these kids like that you know of as babies grow into like full on children with lives and personhood. It's the craziest thing. It's so cool. Um, So happy birthday to them. Um, And with that, we'll jump over now to the Spanish royal family. In the Spanish royal family, the members of the family that I am going to talk about are King Felipe, Queen Letizia. And also their two daughters, um, the princess of Astorias, so princess Leonor, and Infanta Sophia. This is a little bit different from um, the members of the the Danish royal family because Prince Christian and princess, is- uh, princess Leonor are the same age. Like, I think Christian is two weeks older than Leonor. Um, however, Leonor is much... More and, and Sophia right now at least is much more part of the working establishment of the royal family. Um, she does solo events, she's doing speeches, she is very much a member of the working family. She does not have a stipend or anything, like she is not a paid member of the family um by yet. But she almost could be. Like, I am not Spanish. I am sure they would have strong objections to that. But, like, she works enough that it would almost make sense. Now, she goes to school. She's at a boarding school in Wales for her last couple of years getting her baccalaureate. Um, and so, obviously, she's, like, not in even in Spain full time. I get that. Um but she, when she's here, she typically has like at least one event during her breaks. Um and sometimes it's like fully events. So um I will I will talk about them a little bit more than I will like Christian. Um because Leonor works just a lot more and is much more um, visible, I guess, in her role right now. So those are always going to be the members of the family, of the Spanish royal family that I am talking about. Again, I will not be talking about former, um, monarchs here either. The Spanish royal family, King Felipe and Queen Letizia, on their own, without anybody else, average an event a day. Like, they are very busy people. Um, there's a lot always to talk about from them because they typically have at least one event every single day. So that's why. Um, but in Spain, um, unlike usual years, King Felipe actually started the year off with an event. So this is not actually in the time frame that I said I was talking about. This happened on January 1st, but I feel like it's important to mention for a couple of reasons. So on January 1st, King Felipe attended the inauguration of the new president of Brazil. Um, he, the new president was elected on October 31st. And if you kind of follow any kind of world happenings, you will know that this was in a highly watched international election. Um, so he was inaugurated on January 1st. And King Felipe attended um, and held some events and uh, bilaterals during his day in Brazil. I mean, literally, he was there, like, January 1st, flew back on the 2nd, and, like, was done. (laughs) I think he flew there on December 31st, like, at night. I think he spent his New Year's on a plane over the ocean, which, honestly, may may be kind of fun. I don't know. Anyway, um, he attended events in relation to that. Um, so why, why you may ask, would King Felipe of Spain attend an inauguration in Brazil? Um, because I had that question. So he will attend, um, other countries' inaugurations, like if he is invited. Um, so he has been to... He he's just he's gone to several of these inaugurations of new presidents every every year, um, as a member of Ibero America. Now I always previously thought it was because um, these were countries. First of all, they invite like neighboring um, heads of state, and so it kind of made sense to also invite the head of state of Spain as a lot of these countries are former colonies of Spain. Um, And so there's a deep, rich, ingrained history there. It's also ugly and horrible, but it is, it exists. And so I always thought it was for that reason. I never connected that it was Ibero-America. So Ibero-America is a conglomeration of several countries, um, so Iberian Peninsula countries, which are Spain, Portugal, and Andorra, and then also, um, a lot of Latin American countries that were colonies, essentially, and now have independence from Spain and Portugal. Um, Brazil was a Portuguese colony, territory, Um, so that's why I was so confused as to why he went, but, um, it's because it's Ibero America. So he went, the president of Portugal, who is just an incredible person, um, also attended. It was, it's a whole thing. I loved it. It was fun. I like that he goes to these things. Um, I know someday kind of in the near future, he probably won't, or maybe he will, um, I know he started attending. He started attending inaugurations before he was an adult on behalf of his father. Um, like his first event on his own was to a foreign country for an inauguration, which is bizarre. Um, and so maybe. He will pass that on eventually, but right now he is still doing them. Um, And so that was a very cool event. And then they attended the Pasquale Militar on January 6th at the Royal Palace. Um, I had mentioned in last week's episode that I was contemplating going to this event. I ended up not um, for a couple of reasons. One, I had fully planned on going, um, but there wasn't, so sometimes there's, like, uh, um, information on, like, where you can go to, to stand so you can see them, things like that. Um, or it's, like, public knowledge that there's going to be kind of a, not a rope line, but, like, a space for people to, to see them. Um, that was not anywhere that I had seen, like, it didn't look like it was an event open to the public. Um, but I was like, well, you know, I'll go and see what happens. And if I can't, like, that's fine. I'll just find myself in the center and like do some fun touristy things because there's a ton of touristy things to do in Madrid, even on Dia de los Reyes. Um, but then I woke up too late. (laughs) Um, it, it happens, you know the event started at noon um i woke up at 11 i would have had to have gotten on the metro like 10 minutes after i gotten up and that's just not feasible um and so and also there wasn't like a lot of information on like if you'll be able to see them so i could have very well you know gotten up rushed and then not been able to see anything which has already happened like i've done that before i've gotten up i've done the whole thing I've like gone to a parade and I've seen the top of a car you guys I can't even express to you how on October 12th at the um national day parade I'm not even sure I saw King Felipe's hat like I cannot even express to you how much I did not see them I saw the car I knew who was in the car but like, I did not see anybody in the car. They they were there. I know they were there. I watched it on TV later, but like, no, I they, I saw nothing. And so I was just like, you know, that's fine and lo- lovely. And I, I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, but like, no i'm not going to rush to go do it there will definitely be things that i will see them at through the course of the next 6 months while i'm still here um and the intention is to try and stay i don't know if that's going to happen but like i will see them and <laughs> it's fine i ended up watching it on tv like live there was not a spot where you would be able to see them as a quote unquote spectator um and so it just, I'm glad I didn't go, but I feel kind of sad that I didn't go like on behalf of talking about it, um, on the podcast, but there genuinely was nothing. I wouldn't have seen them. It would have just been a similar anecdote to my national day parade story, which is so good. Um, and so I watched it, um. I live far enough from the center that like, I can't hear the cannons or anything like that going on, um, during this. And then it was over. Um, it was lovely. The main takeaway from the Spanish press now is, uh, Queen Letizia has a new ring. Um, so she is like, she infamously does not wear a wedding ring. It's like a big thing, even though it's not super traditional in Spain to wear a wedding ring. Everyone who I've met who is married does not wear a ring here. Um, maybe I've seen one wedding ring, like one. I And, and I know multiple people who are married. Um, and I've seen one w- wedding ring. So <laughs> it's fine. Um, but it's like a big thing that she doesn't wear one, but she has, she's always kind of for the past couple of years has worn this ring on her index finger. Um, that just kind of like became a pseudo wedding ring kind of thing. Like she always wore it. It was constantly there. Well, this week it had changed. Um, so it's a very cute ring. It, um, is in Latin. It says, um, Um, a more Motel chemove um which is it's very cool. I will probably put a link in the description um of the podcast to like so you can see the ring because it's really cute. Um but that was the big story because oh that and she matched the minister of defense like she was wearing a red dress and so was the minister of defense. It's Spain. We they wear red a lot. It just exists. Um <laughs> So anyway, that was um, the big takeaway there. They have a relatively big week coming up. We'll see if anything changes. Um, I doubt it, but we'll see. And so that ends the recap portion of the episode. Now, I am always going to end the episode or how I want to end the episode, I guess, um, is by talking about... Um, some, uh, I want to highlight a charity at the end of every episode. So for this week, it is going to be, um, world capital of architecture, which is, um, an event more so than a charity, but it is an event that is happening in Denmark. So Crown Prince Frederick has been named the patron of world capital of architecture for 2023, which is Copenhagen. Um, So he will be attending events throughout the year. He will also be attending the launch that is happening in a couple of weeks. Um, And this is an event uh, a year, essentially sponsored sponsored by UNESCO, which is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Um, And it seeks out to highlight, you know, those three things, education, science culture. Um, so they are, UNESCO is responsible for like world heritage sites and things like that, but they, they sponsor a lot of different events as well. Um, so he has been named the patron of that for 2023, which means he will be attending lots of different events on behalf of that umbrella, I guess. And so that ends this episode Um, I wanted to let you know, so this podcast is also made into a YouTube video. Those go up on Wednesdays or that is the plan. Um, I'm still working through editing and what I want that everything to look like right now. Um, the first one is up. So last week's episode is up on YouTube currently. Um, it's a Royal review over on YouTube as well. Um, still working on what to do with the Instagram Um, and what I want that to look like going forward. But you can follow it at a royal review. Um, And with that, I will end this episode and say see you next week. Bye.